Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 164 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where we discuss those folks in our lives that violate the social contracts that we all agree to live by. I am your host, the Raz, with my co-host, the Buck, bringing you new and interesting stories from the far reaches of the internet. Oh, Buck, 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 Buck. This has been an interesting news week, to say the least. <laughs> um, nothing, like, true, truly heinous, uh, other than that, that train derailment up in Ohio, um, <clears throat> which seems to like, have a media blackout, even though like everything in the county is dying. Ooh, wait, Ohio. <laughs> but how are things in the in the great Commonwealth of Virginia? Um, steady, steady. Uh, I mean, like. The the uh, the the farmer uh, who owns all the cows that are my neighbors is selling his farm. So I think, like I have been on short supply of neighbors here. They they I think they are they're all food now. <laughs> no, I'm being serious. I get it, like I get it, I get they it. they're they they replaced them with sheep. What I was actually referring to is like mm. the weather and in, in, in like both. Virginia and Oklahoma seems like you said the other day, like a pachinko board, not a not a weather report. Yeah, no, no, uh, it is it is sixty six here, dude. I looked outside last night and it was snowing, and everything before I went to bed was white. I woke up this morning, just not a trace of snow. <laughs> um, right now here in Virginia, where I am, we are boasting. Oh, excuse me. The temperature is down to 39. It was 66 yesterday. And uh, and we are looking at a 90% chance of snow tomorrow. If it's the snow I just had last night, you don't have much to worry about. Okay, Buck, let's jump right into this. Uh, we're going to start with a story from Local10.com. Madam laundered $100,000 in... Massage parlor prostitution proceeds. Why is it that the madams, it, they always smile in their mug shots? Have you noticed that? Dude, because they, they are going to have so much money to throw at this fucking problem. It's unreal. Like, this woman can probably get a lawyer that would get Stevie Wonder a driver's license. And she fucking knows it. And you can see it in the mugshot. She's like, no fucks here. Three hots and a cot for a few days, and then I'll just go back to doing what I was doing. Fuck all. Pretty much. This happened in, in well, you guessed it, Florida. Broward County deputies arrested a Tamarack? T-A-M-A-R-A-C. Tamarack? Go with that. I would... I would go with that, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A woman on Tuesday accusing her of acting as a madam at the massage parlor that was actually a front for prostitution. Oh my God, who would have thought it? <laughs> Suzanne Lee Ling, 53, was charged with deriving support from the proceeds of prostitution and money laundering of $100,000 or more. <laughs> In court Wednesday, Broward County Assistant District Attorney Eric Linder said that Lee operated several massage parlors in the area. According to the arrest report, Broward County Sheriff's investigations began with an anonymous Crime Stoppers tip from a prospective customer at the Far East Massage located on Commercial Boulevard. Somebody went there, got offered a happy ending, and fucking snitched. Yep. Oh my. And they God. fucking ruined it. Or they fucking or, ruined it. Or somebody's wife found out he got a happy ending at the massage parlor. <laughs> You know what? I think that that's more likely. I don't see a guy rolling. Like I don't. I, you, I, I, like what red-blooded American male would find an oasis and tell somebody where it is? <laughs> like I that. I I think I have to give credence to your theory there. I think somebody got wifed. Is what happened. But Ooh, either way, actually, I, actually, I'm 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 kind of glancing ahead a little bit here. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> the tipster, oh. the tipster reported when he got, went to get a massage at the establishment, a woman greeted him wearing nothing but a bra and underwear. Guiding him into a room, asked how long he wanted the massage for, and was informed of the price, including tip. 
Deputies wrote that the customer told the woman that he only wanted a massage, didn't want any extras, and he, and he would tip at the end. The woman then turned away the customer and told him he should find a massage place that offered massages. <laughs> Much of the remainder of the report was redacted, but detectives wrote that Lee uh, had deposited $569,406.81 into multiple bank accounts over a two-year span, a dollar amount inconsistent with state wage and hour records. Deputies arrested Lee at her Fort Lauderdale apartment complex. Linder alleged that Lee was involved with money laundering and possible human trafficking and has been convicted of similar charges in New York back in 2015. As of Tuesday, she was being held at the Paul Reiner Arene, R-E-I-N, detention facility in uh, Pompano Beach for two, at $275,000 bond. Seriously. She was ordered to surrender her passport. Records show that she is ordered not to have any contact with potential witnesses or employees. If released from jail, she is required to wear a GPS ankle monitor. What the? There's people on here for, like, violent crimes that get, like, $10,000 bail. She's being held on $275,000. Now, she's got, like, human trafficking allegations in there and shit like that. I could see them. I And she's probably a flight risk. Having that much money. I mean, like, that's probably what they did. They just looked at her and got sticker shock from all the charges. They, they, she's a little bit higher profile. There might be more. To the, we only might be scratching the surface right, of this but man. Any, anytime you deal with a prostitution case, they automatically put the the uh, human trafficking charge on there because the, oh. the presumption is that the women aren't there voluntarily. But also considering, okay, let's go stereotypes here. She's Asian. It's a Asian-themed uh, massage parlor. Um, she probably brought them in on work visas and took their passports when they got here, most likely, which is common. Right. But not, not saying it's right. I'm just saying it's common. Um, <laughs> So maybe. And that's not unilateral to Asians either. I mean, like, you know, no, the, that's, the that's pretty, that that's too. standard, that's standard practice across the board. But personally, man, like, I, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but as far as prostitution goes, I, I think the only problem with it is that it isn't legal. Because, I mean, like, and and again, you know, like this is this is Buck the capitalist, you know, who has no foresight or future thought, just likes to ramble off at the, you know, at the cuff. But you know, prostitution to me is a is a taxable source of like <laughs> of revenue. Like, come on, yeah, I mean, like we're thirty one trillion dollars in debt, folks. We're thirty one trillion dollars in debt. How the fuck are we, like, come on now, come on, somebody's looking at you, and you're $31 trillion in debt, and they're giving you a way to make a little bit of extra money, and you're like, no, no, my book says no. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like, wait, that's, that's, that's ludicrous. Okay, we, Yeah. You know, I know. I know well, exactly I just don't. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, my book says no, nay, nay, and I'm like, no, 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 man. They said nay 400 trillion years ago when they wrote that book. Okay, that shit don't apply. Then, like, okay, what does your book say about the iPhone? Hmm. 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 Huh. I don't believe. I don't believe that it's covered in any chapter of that book. We can look in the index, the glossary, the appendix even. No iPhone in that book. So why are we why are we turning like come on man, like legalize marijuana, legalize prostitution, and let's start making money. Like that's that's the only problem that I see with legalizing prostitution is where are we gonna spend all this extra money? Ask Colorado. You know, 
<laughs> well, and well, that's that's marijuana. Did they legalize prostitution in Colorado? Uh, no, but I'm saying all that extra funds okay. that came in for marijuana proceeds in the state of Colorado is what I was, yeah. what I was, what I was, what I was mean, referring to. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, no, I'm I'm hip to that. It's just that I thought it was prostitution now too, because you were like, talk to Colorado. I was like, fuck. No, there is. Wait the, a uh, second. There is that county north of Las Vegas that has the brothels. Wonder how well they're now. Doing. And see, you know what? I bet you they get their because you know they're in the desert there, and uh, and you know the whole water crisis thing that's happening in the desert states, it probably doesn't apply to them. They make so much money from their prostitution revenue that they have their water imported from Antarctic fucking ice caps, <laughs> and and they they have like little little kids like like melt the ice with their mouth in order to get it into the bottles like this stuff is very bougie water that they drink in that city because they make money from prostitution man i'm telling you legalize the shit i mean it would solve a whole bunch of problems too unemployment would fall you know it really would yeah it really would crime rates people in jail it's like whoa, 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 whoa. We don't have to bust you for this, but you can't be doing this on the corner. There's a building they're hiring. Go in there and put in an application. Okay? Application, and then, quick blood test, you're in. <laughs> no more pimps. I mean, like, well, no, there would be pimps, but they'd all be paying fucking taxes. There wouldn't be needing to strong arm anybody. All their, all their, all their bitches would have benefits. Like, some healthcare. I mean, wouldn't <laughs> I, I mean, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? As as John Q. Public, who has no problem, or the or the John, you know, put yourself in a position <laughs> John of a John Q. Like, Public. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Like, put yourself in that position, okay? And here's what you got, okay? You've got the stigma of like hiring a prostitute off the street. Getting a sloppy blowjob. There's probably a velvet rope because that meth head fucking whore, like, lost all their damn teeth, and that's that's what you're picking from. Like that's that's the bucket that you've got fish in that you can shoot from. Or, or we can take that same woman, that same woman, that swamp donkey of a lady. And you want to talk about putting lipstick on a pig, man. You should see what veneers do to a toothless woman. I'm telling you, we can get that accomplished with benefits, man. Benefits. Legalize the shit. It solves so many problems. Like, I can't find a con. <laughs> but anyhow, I digress. I digress. Holy shit. You know? <laughs> What? what? <laughs> like, <laughs> I've got, I've got, you've got nothing that resembles a counter argument for this one. I and never that's said a, I that's did. That's a rarity. I never Let's said see, I that's did. That's a rarity. How many, how many times do I go up on a rant where you normally just don't like crack the fucking reason whip at me? But no, not this one. I actually make sense. Our next story comes from NBCNews.com. <laughs> A Washington woman with tuberculosis refuses treatment, so authorities get a court order. Tacoma Pierce County Health Department in Washington has obtained multiple court orders requiring a Tacoma resident to get treatment for her active tuberculosis. The woman has thus far refused to isolate or take necessary medications, according to Nigel Turner, the uh, department's division director of communicable disease control. The court order is in place ordering isolation and quarantine. We're working with her on assessing the compliance with that. The News Tribune, a local news outlet, respond, reported on Friday that over the past year, the health department's reportedly sought and been granted court orders compelling the woman to isolate and get treated for her tuberculosis. <laughs> According to the Tribune, legal petitions from the department said the patient had not abided by previous orders and had at one point started, started by discontinued medication. Oh, I'm sorry, started but discontinued medication. I'm sorry. The health department confirmed that the Tribune's report on NBC News. The judge issued the order on January 20th, granting the department the authority to test, treat, and detain the woman starting next week. 
The department announced Monday it was monitoring the case and said it, it was working with the one's family to persuade her to accept treatment. The department declined to offer information why the woman had refused treatment. Under Washington state law, public health officials have the legal authority to seek a court order for a person refusing to take medication that poses threat to the public. Tuberculosis can rise to the level it can be deadly if left untreated. The infectious people risk spreading the disease further. The bacteria that causes tuberculosis can spread through the air with a person with an active case coughs, sneezes, or speaks. The treatment uh, process can take three to nine months, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. People uh, who discontinue medications before treatment is complete can also develop antibiotic resistance. When it comes to taking legal action, Turner said, it's very reluctant that we do that because obviously we're balancing civil liberties against protecting the health of the public. In the past 20 years, Department of Citizens had to enlist the help of law enforcement to detain three people who refused tuberculosis treatment until they were, uh, they were no longer infectious. Turner said the department typically exhausts other measures before seeking a court order, such as enlisting family members, medical providers, or infectious disease experts to reason with the patient. And it goes on more about tuberculosis and everything else, so we're just going to cut it off there. But TB is nothing to freaking play with. Dude, when I first started working at the prison, it was shortly after I returned from living in Mexico. And let me tell you what, when you live in a third world country, there's no fun to be had at a resort. So because of that, I was going into like, you know, the off beaten path areas and I got tuberculosis, but I didn't have active TB. I had latent TB. So I took my test at the prison, you know, upon getting hired and they read it at the medical department there. And they said, okay, sit right here. And about 10 minutes later, the acting warden, the operations captain, and the head of the medical department came up to me and they're like, you're going to leave right now. And you're going to go to the state like medical department. It's right near the courthouse. And they're going to give you medication and you're not allowed to come back here for two weeks. And I was like, whoa, whoa you're firing me? They're like, no, no, no. You're not fired. We want you to work here. But you can't come back when you have tuberculosis. I was like, what? Like, they take that shit real seriously, man. And that was just for latent TB. I can't imagine what they would have done to me. They probably would have fucking shot me. If I were sitting there in a prison with active TB. I mean, like, they don't fuck around with that stuff. That lady, that lady, what the hell is wrong with her? And that's the point, man. Like, they send you, like, insurance, money. Nobody gives a shit about that when you've got TB, man. They send your ass off to get treated, and, and they pay for it. And it's highly infectious. That's the other thing. Extremely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there might be some mental health component to it. There may be some political component to it. Let's just be realistic. Um, that's probably the most likely culprit. <laughs> but... but yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't like the idea of government intruding on people, but at the same time, when someone just leaves their house and could potentially infect how many people and children and everything else, and I think TB can actually, I, I don't quote me on this because I'm not certain, but I think TB can actually be transmitted through animals as well. So, um, again, I, I, for some reason, it's just, that's just in my head. I don't know if it's it's reality. <laughs> but, you know, this isn't something you screw with. This is this is a, a threat to the public. So, I... I that's probably why they... That's probably why they got the courts involved. And I don't fucking blame them. Yeah. Man, when it comes to shit like this, this is... This is kind of like the government intruding, but, like, exactly where they should. <laughs> you know, it, it's like... Okay, if they're going to intrude, at least it's for an actual public interest. Like, for real. All right, but Like, how many, like, yeah, whatever. No, you're fine. Let's move on. You're fine. This next story comes from Insider.com. Federal agents discover a dumpster filled with almost 250 working rifles and shotguns in Oklahoma and allege that a man was given two free shotguns to hang on his wall. <laughs> I, I want to know where this gun store is. I'm just going to go camp their dumpster. <laughs> a 
Federal agents are trying to figure out why an Oklahoma gun store threw away almost 250 guns in a dumpster and why a man was allegedly allowed to keep two of them as a memento. According to court filings, uh, first reported by Court Watch on January 19th of uh, this year in Oklahoma City, sanitation workers stumbled upon a dumpster with 236 rifles and 12 shotguns in it. The shocking find led him to call authorities who found many of the guns were still functional and in <laughs> the filings. <laughs> Jesus. What? Investigators wrote that in late 2022, the owner of the store, uh, International Firearms Corporation, Anthony Musato, uh, had asked agents with the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms how to destroy the weapons, citing a manufacturer's defect. Usado was told in the fall by ATF to slice the faulty guns in three different areas, according to the January 26th search warrant. Several months later, on the same day the agency was contacted by the sanitation worker, ATF agents visited the dumpster and found functional guns, despite them being partially cut. The agents then encountered two men near the store who told them they had seen a dumpster loaded with guns on separate occasions months before the January incident. Uh... Mike Keenum, one of the men near the store, told agents that a teen employee had been cutting the weapons outside the store multiple days a week. And when he approached the employee and said he was interested in owning the guns, Mr. Keenum told the man that uh, he did not intend to shoot the guns, but would rather wanted to hang the firearms on his wall. The man, I'm sorry, the male employee permitted Mr. Keenum to take two uncut firearms and gave Mr. Keenum two magazines, one for each firearm. <laughs> Well, per the warrant, authorities are seeking to search Musato's homes and other businesses to see whether the two guns given away were documented. Agents were also looking into whether Mr. Musato followed the gun disposal laws required for federal firearms licenses and whether he lied to investigators in 2022. Musato did not immediately return the insider's request for comment. The man who got the free uh, dumpster guns under the table said they were in working condition. <laughs> Mr. Keenum told the told S.A. Moore that the it was clear between him and the employee that the firearms uh, he was uh, taking had not been cut by the man. Now agents are looking into whether Masato improperly disposed of weapons and whether his staff provided a man with two shotguns for free, potentially allowing him to skip background checks. <laughs> if I walk over and there's a dumpster full of guns... I'm not exactly sure what my next play is. Call Buck. I mean, I'm thinking to myself, self, because that's what I call myself. Um, this looks like a potential new collection to me. Yeah, I'm, for reals. Now, let me ask you like a serious, serious question. Like, you may know, you may or may not know the answer to this. So. The guy who received the dumpster guns that were, and I want a dumpster gun. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna call a gun. I'm gonna invent one and call it the dumpster gun. That's a pretty, that's a pretty dope name. But either way, I digress. So the guy who had the, you know, dumpster guns gets caught. Not get gets caught, but like the ATF finds out he has them. He told him he had them. <laughs> right. So. He tells him that he has them and how he obtained them. And is he in any trouble now? No. He, or, he or, is, is, or is he not? He has not done anything illegal. And it is not illegal to, um, to gift a firearm. Um, the, it, and here's the thing, too. There's actually no, no background checks required for a long gun. Unless, in both these scenarios, you're a federal firearms dealer, licensed dealer. In which case, you do have to do the background check. You do have to do uh, documentation uh, for a long gun. You have to do everything because you're a dealer. Now, if I wanted to sell you a rifle, Buck, I could just come over to your house and say, here's a rifle, and you could say, here's a dollar, and I would go, thanks, you know, or, or I could just say, here, here, just have it, you know, whatever. Um, it's different with, with handguns. Handguns, you have to go to a, uh, a gun dealer and have them transfer the weapon transfer right mm -hmm. but with a with a long arm no so the guy that received them he didn't do anything illegal um that's not to say that they're not going to confiscate the weapons as evidence and that he's never going right. to see them again but no he hasn't done anything illegal by any stretch of the imagination i was just wondering like you know even even if he knew that it wasn't like 
Well, no, I mean, like, he got the guns from the guy who owned the shop. I mean, like, he's he's completely in the clear. Yeah, no, yeah. never mind. I mean, I've done I've done long-arm transactions in the parking lot of a prison. I mean... <laughs> yeah, you have. Yeah, I have. <laughs> I'm going to cough. You got to give me a second. That's <laughs> uh, all right, man. I actually, I sold a pistol in the parking lot of that prison. Um, One of our... One of our sergeants bought a forty-four Magnum from me with a ten and a half inch barrel. Uh, I think you may have just third shift. I think you may have just admitted to a felony, Buck. You should probably shut up. <laughs> no, I don't have to shut up. Okay, go on. We went. We we went immediately to the uh, to Taylor's trading post. Ah, uh, okay. And tra and transferred the paperwork. Well, you said like I sold it to him in the parking lot. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. Like the transaction like was agreed upon. Like I drove the gun to the tailors and then you know, but he paid me for it in a parking lot. He's like, here you go, yeah, let's go to Taylor's. I was like, Yay! Yay, money. <laughs> well, speaking of stealing stuff. Ooh. This is being reported by CBS News. Texas man arrested for stealing two monkeys from the Dallas Zoo says he'll do it again if released. <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah a 24 year old man is now linked to an unusual string of crimes that kept the Dallas Zoo on lockdown for missing animals told police that after he swiped the two monkeys from the enclosure he took them onto the city's light rail system to make his getaway <laughs> Devon Irvin said he loves animals and if he's released from jail he would steal more Irvin who remained jailed on uh, Tuesday on a $25,000 bond was arrested last week after asking questions at the downtown Dallas Aquarium about animals there. He is charged with six counts of animal cruelty, two counts of burglary. An attorney listed for Irvin in the court records did not respond to a request for comment. Irvin told police on the night of January 29th, he waited until dark, jumped a fence to get into the zoo grounds, cut the metal mesh of the enclosure, and took the two emperor uh, tamarind monkeys, according to the arrest warrants affidavits. He then got on the city's light rail before walking to a vacant home where he kept the animals. Uh, police acted on a tip from the public, found the monkeys named Bella and Finn on January 31st, the day they were discovered missing at the empty home in Lancaster, a Dallas suburb about 15 miles south of the zoo. Officers also found multiple cats and pigeons in addition to dead feeder fish and fish food that had disappeared from a staff-only area of the zoo earlier in January, but wasn't reported stolen at the time. Irvin has been charged with two, uh, in two of the odd events over the span of several weeks at the zoo and is linked to another, police said. It, in the taking of the monkeys, Irvin faces one count of burglary, six counts of animal cruelty, three for each monkey. He also faces a burglary charge in relation to the escape of the clouded leopard named Nova, who was discovered missing January 30th. Wow. A cut was found in her enclosure and the zoo uh, closed as a search was launched. She was found later that day near her habitat. Urban told investigators that he wanted to take Nova, but he was unable to pet her before she got on top of the enclosure. Police said that they linked Urban to cutting an enclosure of the Langor monkeys discovered after Nova went missing, but hasn't been charged with that yet. None of the Langor monkeys escaped. In the days leading up to the Emperor Tamarind monkeys being taken, a man had been raising suspicion at the zoo, asking questions not only about moving and caring for such monkeys, but for about the clouded leopard that had escaped. He was also seen entering staff buildings near the monkeys' enclosure. After the monkeys were discovered missing on January 30th, police released a photo and video of, from the zoo of a man they wanted to talk to about the missing monkeys. The man in the images, who police later identify as Irvin, prompted the tip to lead police to the vacant home where the monkeys were found January 31st. An affidavit said the tip came from a caller who said multiple attendees of a church recognized the man from the images as someone who frequented a vacant home by the church. So the church busybodies got him. <laughs> police, oh, yes. Police arrested Irving on Thursday a few blocks from the Dallas World Aquarium where he'd been asking questions about animals at the aquarium and a worker recognized him from news coverage. Police said that they are still investigating, but Irvin has been has not been linked to the suspicious death of an endangered vulture at the zoo in January. Meanwhile, police in Louisiana announced the the arrest 
Tuesday for a 61-year-old man in the case of 12 squirrel monkeys. Who cares? That's a different story. Uh, but yeah, this <laughs> dude went in and just rolled. You would think they'd have some kind of security at a zoo. I mean, really. Something. No, no, man. But, but dude tried to steal a big cat. I mean, that's... You might get off on insanity. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think he was just there to monkey around and then split. Oh, that was wrong. That was wrong. It wasn't wrong. It was right. I'm so sorry that you just... You don't find my humor appealing. Was that supposed to be funny? Yeah, like peel. Peel of a banana. There was no, appealing. We weren't, we weren't talking about bananas. Yeah, but we're talking about... My, you know what? Keep it up and I just might go ape on your ass. I mean, that was a little bit closer, but it still sucked. You know what? I'm not trying for accuracy. I'm just trying for quantity, man. You put enough fucking noodles on a wall, one of them will stick. Only if they're cooked. <laughs> well, I mean, like, it could be very humid outside, man. Maybe you should just quit while you're ahead. Maybe I shouldn't. I think, I think, I think we're going to a good place here, man. What if you throw dry pasta on a wet wall? It'll still fall to the ground. Yeah, but what if it's an extremely wet wall? Then it'll fall to the ground and be soggy. But what if it's a wet wall mixed with Elmer's glue? And you got one hell of a mess to clean up. I'm handicapped. I got a fucking caregiver for that shit. Ooh. You know, I, I Dude, might, let's have I might point out science to you, gang. I might point out to you that uh, we are currently streaming this on Twitch, and said caregiver is in the chat room. Oh no! <laughs> well, that was an extremely bustable offense. So something tells me um, your crippled ass may be uh, in for a, a reman here in a minute. <laughs> you know what? If I see her come to the front door here and kick the ramp out of the way, I know I'm fucked. Yeah, that, that she just <laughs> she's going to be trapping me. She just put in the chat that I'm not cleaning that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, we're yeah. going to take a quick commercial break so Buck can get his ass kicked. <laughs> All right, folks, and we are back with the second half of episode 164, and we're going to go straight to frontpagedetectives.com. A woman in Georgia was angry about barking dogs, so she got her gun and shot her neighbor. That's the headline. <laughs> mm. A shooting sparked over a dispute about barking dogs in Georgia left the woman behind bars on two counts of second-degree attempted murder. Around 11.30 a.m. on November 29th, police in Flowery Branch said officers responded to reports of a shooting at an apartment. At the scene, officers found an adult female victim standing in the roadway suffering gunshot wounds. <laughs> I like how they word that. Standing in the road suffering gunshot wounds. I guarantee you she was suffering. <laughs> yeah, no sh Police started life-saving measures on the woman, who was struck twice, before she was transported to the hospital by an ambulance. Police located the suspect identified as 56-year-old Fonda Suzette Spratt. With a name like that, you know it's got to be a felon. <laughs> a Mormon. Or that. And took her into custody without further incident. During the investigation, detectives determined the dispute was over a complaint about barking dogs. According to officials, Spratt entered the victim's residence, confronted her about the barking dogs, then pulled out a handgun and shot the victim multiple times. Flowery Branch Police Chief Christopher Holsey said that the incident was incredibly unfortunate. No shit, Sherlock. Thank you. And noted it could have been ended in catastrophic results. No shit, Kung Fu. Come on, man. Don't get in front of a camera if you're going to sound like an idiot. This could have been, <laughs> been more... Yeah, do it in front of a microphone. Right. <laughs> There could have been more innocent individuals injured or killed. I am proud of the quick response in time, sound judgment making of our officers and thankful this incident was not worse. Didn't sound like they did a whole lot, but okay. Uh, I would also like to thank Oakwood Police Department and the Hall County Sheriff's Office for their assistance. They were present. 
Uh, Spratt originally was charged with multiple crimes, including one count of attempted murder as well as aggravated assault, home invasion, reckless conduct, and possession of a firearm during the commission of certain crimes. Uh, how, on February 3rd, however, a Hall County grand jury indicted Spratt on s- the second count of attempted murder in connection with the shooting. Huh. According to the indictment, Spratt entered the apartment, which was occupied by two women at a time, and started shooting, injuring one. When speaking to the Gainesville Times, Hosey said the attempted murder charge was brought because she did admit that she wanted to kill her. Spratt was booked in the Hall County Jail, where she's being held without bond. Hmm. Wow. I mean... That's great. <laughs> I mean, god dang, girl. <laughs> That's right in the neck of the woods where Caregiver Katie's originally from. So you know what she's capable of, then, and you're here making comments. <laughs> You know what? Waiting. Some people go sky. Some some people go skydiving. Me, I like to get my adrenaline fix from different activities. You know what I mean? Some people just find a bear and gotta poke it. <laughs> now you're calling her a bear. My caregiver, Katie Bear. <laughs> I mean, shall I just get you a shovel for your birthday? Because you're dicking one hell of a hole here. <laughs> Content, man. Uh, then again, Content. I'm not sure if you're going to have another birthday at this rate. <laughs> Dude, I better. At least one more. Okay. I, I can't die at 39, man. I got to be at 40, dude. 40 is the youth of old age. I got to at least make it there. But either way, so bitch gets fucking uh, offended by a bunch of barking dogs and goes out on a shooting spree. Is that is that basically what I'm looking at here? Yep, yep. She goes, their dogs are barking, so I'm gonna kill that bitch. <laughs> God damn. We're not gonna go. You know what though? I mean, like, and there there is a certain sector of the universe where problem solving skills like that might be useful. You know, like fuck the dogs. I'm gonna go right to the source because if they if he don't live there, the dogs are gonna be gone too. It's like okay. I mean, like, that's a little drastic, lady. I mean, like, a simple conversation would have been, like, really the best, most effective way to deal with this. But, I mean, like, your way did work. I mean, like, you don't have to deal with those barking dogs now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the guy I mean, deal yeah. with the sounds of, of nighttime in a prison, that's all. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, when... That's the best story. That's the best thing about an autobiography is that you write it. You know what I mean? If she frames this in the right way, it can just be a real learning experience. Okay, Buck. Our next story is coming from one of those uh, websites that's run by a radio station for some reason. I have, I've never quite, oh. I've never quite understood why they do this, but they do. Uh, so this is being reported by 102.5 WYNR, Brunswick, Georgia's station for new country. Oh, my God. That's how you have to say it. Uh, pregnant Georgia mother faced jail time over potty training her toddler. Have you, re- have you know anything about this story, Buck? No. What could possibly, just in, in your opinion, cause a woman to face jail time over potty training? Go. Uh, bribing her kid to use the bathroom with illegal drugs. That's not the route I would have <laughs> you, <laughs> you You asked me for a quick response to a fucking question, and I literally gave you the first thing that came off my head. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> a Georgia mother faced potential jail time after an officer cited her for her toddler peeing in public. She told the story uh, to the, the morning show. It's, it's a Twitter account. I'm not going to try to read it. Uh, Brooke Johns was just doing what pretty much every parent has to do, and that's tend to a potty training. I'm sorry, tend to a potty trainer who has not m- much control over how fast as they, <laughs> with not much control as, as fast as you can. There we go. Whew, that almost landed her in jail. Her son, Cohen, yelled from the back seat that he was driving, Mom, I've got to pee! I've got to pee! As she told WRDW. 
I was like, well, hold on. And he's like, no, I've got to pee. I've really got to pee. And I'm like, baby, there's nowhere for you to go. And he says, mama, I'm about to pee my pants. <laughs> the panic of trying to get your child into a restroom is real. And no one wants an accident in the car or in their pants. You don't always make it, though. That was the case for Brooke, who said she would rush to get him out of the van at a gas station, but being pregnant made it hard. That's when he couldn't hold it any longer. She pulled down his pants next to the car door and blocked him from behind and let it fly. Who hasn't done this? Seriously. I, I was just about ready to say that. Like, who... Continue on. I mean, I've... Continue on. I've done, I've done this in the middle of a street in Washington, D.C., Okay, now granted, it was like four in the morning, but I still done it. Um, this is a toddler, for God's sakes. Uh, Dude, my bladder, my bladder is in a bag, and I've emptied it into a fucking storm drain, like, in the middle of the fucking road. Like, who doesn't, like, that's the one of the biggest benefits about being a guy, is that you can whip it out and piss anywhere. On anything. Like... Whatever. Well, it just so happens that an officer in Augusta saw this happening and swooped in to fight crime. She told MKO, I went through shock and I went through rage, talking about the officer's conduct. She says it wasn't her intention to be peeing in the parking lot. It just kind of happened. Aside from being a completely ridiculous reason to pull someone over and write a ticket for disorderly conduct, Brooks said the officer was belittling me as a mother and saying that, he, uh, that I wasn't responsible of me as a mother. The incident happened in 2019, but recently resurfaced online in a mom's group. Brooks finally got the charges dropped by the court. She told MKO, I was actually very close to dying giving birth to my youngest child, and the doctor swears to this day it was because of the stress I was under from this. Uh, this just seems so ludicrous to even believe it happened, but it's true. A local officer from Atlanta called into the show as well, saying that the officer was very out of line and violated several of the woman's constitutional rights in the stop. He even pointed out that a child of that age cannot be charged with a crime. It was also illegal detainment from, from the get-go. And there's actually dash cam. There's actually body cam footage of this. And I'm, I'm, we, you know, this is an audio podcast. We can't do anything with it right now. But uh, we might make a video of it for our YouTube channel later. Uh, but seriously, what the flip, man? I mean, are you serious with All right. this? So I'm going to let you in on a little factoid, okay? Uh, late 80s, early 90s, okay? I've got five brothers and three sisters. And anywhere we went in the car, it was just a real fuckaloo. Okay. And as a result of this, my oldest sister actually took the song Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and made a song that is super appropriate for this particular story. So, very quickly, listen up. Tinkle, tinkle in the car, the Exxon station seems so far. Up in front, my mom will cry, cause my pants are not so dry. Tinkle, tinkle in the car, next time we will pack a jar. Remember, pack a jar for that kid. <laughs> Little boy toddlers need to learn the the finesse and nuance of pissing into a bottle in a moving car very early off. They should learn this in tandem with potty training. Potty etiquette for a boy transfers to a vehicle. Just letting you know. As a former detective, I will tell you, Gatorade bottles are your best friend. <laughs> yep. You don't got wide to, lip, you, screw on top, bada bing, bada done. You don't got to worry about trying to like land the, the space module into uh, the lunar lander when you can just put the the round peg in the round hole. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you're 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 basically trying to land a space shuttle in the Grand Canyon at that point in time. You're like, all right, uh, I mean, it's, it's like a, it's, okay, it's a little snug. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, yeah, I guess I was a little insulting to you, buddy. I'm sorry. All right, our next. I mean, but, but before I even go on, I mean, Jesus Christ, this cop needs to just be. Is this cop's name Reese? <laughs> oh my gosh! No, seriously though, man. Like we, we've all you're known. supposed to serve and protect, serve and protect. I didn't. I don't believe that there was anything happening here. If it were like a 45 year old man taking a piss in the fucking parking lot of a gas station, I can understand you being. Being a little offended by that. That's a little, you know, whatever. But, I mean, we're talking about a three-year-old kid being backed up by his pregnant mom. Like, use a little foresight there, Deputy Do-Right. Let me tell you this. You know? Let me tell you this. And it's definitely, it's definitely a cultural thing. Because I, I, I've said it before. I've spent some time in China. I was there for a month. And one of the things that took me a few days to figure out was, it's like, why is there these just wet puddles in the middle of the sidewalk. And I was like, huh. And then you'd go a little bit further and you'd see like, oh, dude, somebody let their dog shit on the ground. And you'd keep going. And eventually you figured it out that none of the kids, like the little ones, were wearing diapers and that their little onesies were split. Because if they had to go, they'd just stop walking, squat, shit, piss, whatever, and continue on. And it was perfectly acceptable. I mean, nobody... Like, oh, God, no, oh, no, it's, they have people that go around and clean the sidewalks. That's all they do. And it's, it, it's, it kind of makes a little bit of sense, uh, in, in the, other than the fact that I'd want to wipe, but, um, it's just, it's, a, it's a very cultural thing. We, we've, oh my God, someone's doing a nasty. It's just like in, in this country. Oh my God, that woman's breasts are showing. So. Is there tickets? <laughs> oh God, no one's paying. No one's paying to see her boobs. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, no, oh, but you got to be careful. But got to be careful, man. You can pay to see the boobs, but you got to keep the bottoms on in Pennsylvania. Well, we're not in Pennsylvania, thank God. Yeah, I know, but you know uh, that's why we all went to West Virginia to see real strip clubs. So, yes. so what I'm getting at, apparently it's okay to, to have your boobs hanging out as long as you have a one tucked in your waistline. Uh, people need to, like, just... I think it comes back down to that damn book you were talking about earlier. <laughs> you know what? I mean, I think a lot of these arguments that people make about lifestyle choices just boil down to, the, like, the same amount of credence that I would give into the argument over egg whites. Go on. Like, hmm... Like, is this good or bad? Is this good or bad? And everybody's always on the fence. Like, oh, well, I guess it's okay if, and I guess it's okay if, or no, that's never acceptable. It's like egg whites. Like, oh, well, first the yolks are bad, then the whites are good, but the and the yolks are bad. And then it's like, oh, well, everything's okay. And now everybody's like, okay, it's the incredible edible egg. Just eat your fucking egg. And then some people are still on the fence about, oh, well, just egg whites is what, you know, the heart-healthy thing, and there's just a lot of fucking hoopla about it, man, and nope. I'm not going to sit here and, you know and tout anything is, about eggs. You know what the funny thing is? I've, I've had to use the, the, the fake eggs for a while now, the uh, egg beaters or whatever you want to call them, and mm -hmm. they're actually cheaper than real eggs now. <laughs> right? Ugh. Well, pretty soon, pretty soon. Uh, we can go down that rabbit hole. Let's just continue on. Well, speaking of Pennsylvania, <laughs> our next story comes from deadstate.org. Pennsylvania police chief is arrested in charge for being a drug dealer. Yes, indeedy. Uh, the chief of Greensboro Police Department in Pennsylvania has been arrested in charge of his role in an orchestrating a series of drug deals, according to CBS News reports. Sean Denning, 41, is facing six federal criminal charges. Court documents say he interacted with a confidential informant in 2021 who was working with the DEA as part of an investigation. Then he would obtain drugs and then give them to the informant for distribution. Authorities say some of the drugs were sourced in California and Arizona and then delivered to the informant through the mail. From CBS News, on several occasions, court documents allege Denning would use the app Wicker, W-I-C-K-R, to communicate about the drugs. In one conversation, uh, paperwork shows he told an informant that the app is encrypted 
and safe for both of us. The paperwork also shows a picture of what appears to be a cocaine sent to the informant from Denning to show what Denning could supply them with. Authorities allege Denning worked with at least three sources to distribute drugs, even sending them uh, what they call menus, listing products and prices. <laughs> Holy crap. In a statement, Greensburg Mayor Robert Bell announced that Mr. Denning is no longer with the city of Greensburg. No shit. Captain uh, Donald Sarsfield will be the acting chief until further notice. We are conducting a review and assisting with the appropriate agencies as we can. There will be no further comment at this time. Denning was charged with two counts of aiding and abetting in distribution of cocaine, two counts of aiding and abetting the distribution of methamphetamine, and one count of aiding and abetting the attempted distribution of methamphetamine, and one count of conspiracy to possess with intent to distribute drugs. He faces a maximum of 10 years in prison and a fine of $1 million. <laughs> the best drug you know what? I mean, <laughs> it doesn't surprise me, man. Like, think about it. Even when you go and look at, like, TV fucking shit, you don't find a drug dealing ring without a high-ranking police official involved somewhere. And you just, you can't have one. You need a high-ranking police official in your, in your crew in order to have a successful drug ring. So it makes no, it makes no, it, like, it's no, it's no surprise to me that they caught a cop being dirty. Sounds like he was you know, the one orchestrating the whole people, thing. <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, cool. You know, I mean, whatever. I'm glad he got busted. You know, we knew a guy, we knew a guy uh, who was an inmate who was best friends from like high school with the president judge of the court of common pleas. And like, they have been friends for like their entire lives together. And so he turns out to be a severe opiate addict. And then his buddy goes off to be the president judge of court of criminal pleas. And every time he would go in for fucking up or doing something like that, he wouldn't get off like the the president judge was actually a pretty clever guy at that point in time, but he would come in and same 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 charges for another guy. Guy's going to be in there for like 18 months. And and this cat would get out after like 60 days, you know, corruption inside of of the justice system, you know, regardless of of where it is, is just. You know, people people in the justice system use their positions to do some slimy shit. You know, the police chief is probably like, oh, yeah, you know, I can manipulate all this and seize drugs and resell them. And like, you know, people people do some silly shit when when money's involved. So I'm not I'm not surprised this guy was doing it and I'm happy he got busted. All right, Buck, our final story is coming from distractify.com. CEO blasted after asking employees to donate PTO for hospitalized co-worker. A viral photo uploaded to Reddit's r slash anti-work sub sparked a debate on corporate ethics after a CEO asked the co-workers to donate their PTO time to an employee who had worked for the business for 17 years and was hospitalized and had to undergo rehab before returning to work. The note says that the individual had depleted their paid time off days, meaning they wouldn't receive their full salaries during the time uh, recuperating. The note says we have a long-term employee of 17 years from the dietary department who has been in the hospital and rehab for several months. Uh, she has exhausted all of her PTO days and her benefits are running out. As you can imagine, she, this has been quite a drain on her family's income. If there is anyone who would like to donate one or more of their PTO days, please let redacted. VP of Financial Services, know in writing of your intent. Thank you for your consideration. Uh, the signature at the end of the note wow. indicates that it was penned by the company's president and CEO. The note received criticism from several Redditors in the comments who highlighted the thought process behind posting such a letter on a prominent example of how little corporate America values its employees. I would say so. <laughs> I mean... I I kind of agree with that. I, now, I, I'll, I'll be I'll be a hundred percent honest with you, man. If you and I were employees inside of an office, and you're a manager, like Raz, the manager comes to all the employees and says, 
oh yeah, you know, Donna who brings in, you know, pastries every morning for us is, you know, she ran out of her PTO time, dickhead CEO is not doing anything for her. How about we all pull together and get get her a couple of PTO hours? Try to try to really like, you know, give Donna an attaboy while she's down and out. I would look at that and I'd be like, solidarity, man. Solidarity. But coming from the CEO of the company, no, man, that's 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 a that's a that's that's bullshit. That's a that man move. should just be like, yeah, that is a huge dick move. It is not my responsibility to to fucking float your employees, bro. Like that that should be coming out of your motherfucking pocket, not mine. That she is your employee. Like the audacity of an uh, of of a CEO of a company to beg his employees to help him take care of another employee. Like, what are you broke? Like, is it really that bad at the at the tippy top? Like in that glass palace of yours, is it really really that fucking bad that you have to come down? Because if it's that bad, then fine. Let's let's circle the wagons and 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 help out. But it doesn't. Like, come on, you're writing me. Like what was this written on? Like you know, freaking the best stationery ever. No, like, actually, it's probably, it was, it was, probably it was, written like it was written on looks like yellow, uh, yellow uh, printer paper. <laughs> yeah, see, I mean, like at least he, at least he made himself look like a popper with a note. You know, true. <laughs> like it, it, at least he didn't come out with like fine wax pencil on top of like Egyptian parchment. You know, like come on, man. Like I said, if it came if it came from a floor manager that request, I'd ship in a day of PTO. I really would if it was a floor manager because the CEO is being a fucking dick and won't take care of his employees. I get that. I'd chip in if it were a manager, like a site manager, orchestrating that pool. But coming from the from the head head honcho of a company, I I definitely would have some feelings about that. That's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, and you know. PTO donation from a from a human resources perspective, and I'm, I can give that, is a nightmare accounting wise, because what ends up happening is somebody who has who, who makes ten dollars an hour donates ten hours of PTO. Well, there's a there's a hundred dollars, but when you give that to somebody who makes twenty dollars an hour, and you give them those ten hours. Well, now all of a sudden you're paying out. Two hundred dollars for the for the one hundred dollars you could have spent on that employee. So it is a financial nightmare for accounting departments. So uh, you're making more work for yourself there than just like maybe saying, "Hey, uh, thanks to all your seventeen years of service, we're gonna we're gonna float you a couple of weeks just to take care of you because we value your and we're gonna keep the morale up in our company. Mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna we're gonna do something. But instead, you you know, you're gonna you know, cry popper to your, your, your staff and ask them to contribute, which, you know, if an, like, like you said, if an employee said, Hey, let's do this for this person, different story entirely. But when it's the CEO saying, Hey, um, you know, we're, we're asking employees to do this, then you're just a douche. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, there's nothing wrong with circling the wagons folks. I mean, like, if you find it, it, you know, if you're in the rank and file, and and one of your one of your working cohorts or coworkers needs needs an attaboy, I mean, like, lend a helping hand, do whatever you got to do. But you know, the 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 head honcho man, like, it's actually his responsibility. Like, if he were doing his job right, nobody would even be asked this to fucking begin with. You know, in either situation, the CEO is is the liability in this case. You know, good job, good good. You know, good job for working there for 17 years, and I'm sorry you got a shit bag for a boss. Did you kind of do? <laughs> All right, folks, that's gonna bring us to an end of another episode of the Social Liability Podcast. We'd like to remind everybody that it does not cost you anything to enjoy this show. The only thing we ever ask you to pay is attention. You can also check out Buck's podcast with uh, my wife, Sadar, referred to as the Subcockles of Reddit. That's available on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcast, and Audible. Is that where it's at, Buck? Yes. Yes. Uh, you can also catch the Social Liability Podcast pretty much anywhere at this point. I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of out there. Uh, yes, we've got some skin in the game. We do got some skin in the game, and uh, we we might have a um, 
we're kind of working on a little side project right now. I can't go into really almost any details about it. Uh, but uh, you could look for some kind of, um, well, let's just put it like a true crime documentary, possibly. But that all being said, just, just a little, that's just like the teaserest of the tease. Uh, I'm the bu- I'm the Raz rather. Ooh. He's the book. Ooh, what, I, what, what? real quick shot, real quick shout out. Congratulations to a dear friend of the show, Guido Finelli, for uh, intercepting and stopping another crime. Um, we uh, we actually just got news about that in our. Uh, uh, I think he posted it. Yeah, our our little commentary that we have with him. He let us know that. Uh, that uh, another crisis was evaded. So great work, Guido. We really appreciate everything you're doing. You're making the world a better place, man. Yep. And uh, we'd love to hear about it. <laughs> exactly. So we could get some details before next week. You know. <laughs> all right, folks, that all being said, I am the Raz. He is the buck wishing you all a happy and safe week. And we'll catch you on the next episode of the social liability podcast. <laughs>